0: Hello, hello. That's my new thing. I think not new thing. I've said that to every single start to each episode so far is welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> I need to think of a better one. Anyway, welcome to episode three of the podcast. Thank you for joining me today. Um, happy Wednesday. So I'll start off with a little recap of. The markets yesterday, the S&P and the NASDAQ were both up. Since I've started this podcast and I've started trying to like consolidate this information, um, maybe I've been good luck. I don't know. The markets have been hot. So the S&P was up almost 1% yesterday. Uh, the NASDAQ was up 1.37%. What's more remarkable about where the markets ended yesterday... They're both within a percent of their all time high. So, talking the history of the stock market, never been higher. Um, a lot of the increases over the last couple days, if you look at the news, will probably say that was due to, partially due to Trump saying that him and the Chinese president are going to have a longer conversation around trade tariffs than originally planned. I'm sure that is a big part of what drove the market yesterday, but there's also just been a lot of big, good news. So good for all of us who are in the market. Um, Not quite a good buying opportunity for those who haven't been. Everything's really high right now. So um, I think we'll have to wait and see what happens after the Trump conversations with China and we'll see what happens. Okay. So diving in. So today we're going to talk about two companies, uh, in the social media realm. Uh, I enjoy following these kind of companies considering I'm a millennial, <laughs> I think, um, Social media being such a big part of our everyday lives um, and then getting to pay attention to their public stock and why things move is a fun way for um, younger folks or beginners in the stock market to get in. Um, I think it's a great way to kind of follow stocks that are interesting. Not that everyone's interested in social media, but I think the vast majority of us can say we spend way too much time on it every day. So... The first one I'm going to start off with is Facebook. So um, a little two-sided story here. Facebook obviously um, is a behemoth in the social media world, one of the, I would say, the leader uh, as they own WhatsApp and Instagram. Um, And the news yesterday was that Facebook announced what they're calling Project Libra, which um, it was the white paper that came out yesterday, which basically means it's all of the information that Facebook wanted to release in a very detailed form for all of us to read and understand. Um, But let's dive in. So Project Libra is a cryptocurrency that Facebook will be launching. Um, And I don't want to freak everybody out. I think with all of the um, problems Facebook has been having with privacy. Launching this um, feels like not a good idea, right? I think a lot of people would not want to use a currency that Facebook created alone. But let me dive in. Let me kind of tell you a little more about Libra and what it's going to bring and offer. um, And you can decide on what you think. So Facebook um, announced Project Libra and Libra's mission is this. So Libra's mission is to enable a simple global currency and financial infrastructure that empowers billions of people. So to dumb that down, uh, they want to take the billions of active users that Facebook has and turn those into uh, folks that can use one decentralized currency. So if any of you follow crypto or at least know what Bitcoin is, Ethereum, Ethereum, all of what that hype was a little over a year ago um, with some of those wild uh, price increases that you probably have heard about. Uh, Facebook wanted to hop into the ring and leverage their user base uh, to create their own. Now, that, like I said earlier, does sound scary on the surface, knowing Facebook for what it is, but Facebook is doing this with the Libra Foundation so what's the Libra Foundation let me pull this up so the Libra Foundation um, is a group of companies that are all coming together to essentially allow this platform to be safe as well as allow for not one party to be in control of a currency so the concept here is that all of these companies together will balance out any one opinion from a singular company. Okay. So, oh, hold on. Um, I apologize there. Something fucked up in my podcast. All right. We're back. <laughs> Sorry about that, everybody. Um. So the Libra Foundation um, members will then balance out – will be able to balance out um, any one company's ability to do anything too severe to Libra. Um, and let me just name a couple because I think going through the companies involved um, will actually help validate a lot for all of you. So – just name a few big major companies, and in for any of these companies to get involved with Libra, um, they had to donate a minimum of ten million dollars. It's not really donate, I guess. It's paying their way in um, to be part of the Libra Foundation. That gives them one vote. So there are twenty seven other partners in the Libra Foundation, excluding Facebook, um, and so they're going to be a decentralized, which just means it's not going to be run by any federal government no banks will be involved. Um, and they will be run out of, uh, Geneva, Switzerland. So they wanted to pick a neutral place, um, where this organization can run and flourish. So that's where they will be. Um, so just to name a few, uh, they include Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, Coinbase, um, several venture capital firms, such as Andreessen Horowitz and Union Square Ventures. Um, For me, when I see, and then there's Uber, um, when I see the amount of large companies that I follow and I, you know, I wouldn't say trust, but I at least believe in um, to do good and at least want to create something that's great for a lot of people, uh, this really is really kind of cemented me that this is an interesting idea. I'm not completely sold on whether I would you know use the currency necessarily yet there's a lot more research that i personally feel like i need to do um but i think it's interesting to see companies such as uber who we just talked about a couple of days ago um paypal um visa like major co- companies that use regular dollars today get involved in this currency um so like i said before each member donated 10 million dollars a see at the table um Facebook then so this is a currency created by Facebook and will be leveraged on Facebook but then each of those companies that are also involved you'll be able to use Libra on their platforms so for example you'll be putting a dollar you'll you'll put a dollar in whatever Libra's worth you'll get that back so if you put a dollar in let's say for fun numbers Libra's worth a dollar one Libra worth $1 you put a dollar in you get one Libra back In theory, then, you can then take that Libra and spend it on Uber. Um, Today, though, to do anything transactionally on the Internet, whoever the company is that is doing the credit card transaction, so for Uber, for example, when they swipe your card, when you do that $10 Uber ride down the street, um, they're paying a fee to the credit card company. Usually it's a few percentage points, 1% to 3% of your transaction. Libra, though, is going to have zero fees. So Facebook believes they can do this without zero fees, um, which that's a huge one. I think in the articles that I've been reading and understanding from the white paper, it seems like that is an important concept to them. They think that um, today there are too many people who need to send money across the world, whether that's family back at home um, or you know need to pay rent, but today can't do it through the internet. They have to do it through checks and dealing with the check process just feels very old school and broken and as a finance fan and professional and someone who's like creating this podcast and YouTube channel um, about finance I personally love this component of innovation I think um, the fact that it's not just Facebook Facebook's leveraging their enormous platform to create something um, but all these other companies are buying into it and making sure that you know it's stabilized, from having just more, or more than just Facebook involved, right, um, does create a very interesting scenario. Um, the other big caveat to cryptocurrency in the past and why it, I think, a lot of people are worried, and honestly, why a lot of why a lot of um, merchants or um, stores don't accept like Bitcoin or Ethereum is because. It is decentralized, right? So it's not run by any government agency. They can't control um, price inflation or price swings. But on the flip side, there's so much unknown with Bitcoin and Ethereum, um, and no one really knows what swings demand versus just truly demand. Um, but the swings can be drastic, as if as most people know. Um, we can do it. I'll do another podcast um, and YouTube video of – a little bit more of a deep dive into cryptocurrency. That's a really good one uh, to try to break down. It's very complicated, but I think it'd be fun to try to do. Um, It swings too much though. You know, there's some days I get on, um, I I track Bitcoin and Ethereum, and they can swing 50 to 100% in a day, which is like, that doesn't happen often, but when it does, um, obviously up or down, that's drastically changing what, those currencies are worth. So, part of this is there's there is the investment from each company, the ten million dollars across each company that's involved in the Libra Foundation. They believe um, that because of this, it'll help keep Libra stable. So you're not going to see these enormous swings. Um, it should reflect more of a consistent demand and price valuation that you see when you look at um you know the US dollar the Canadian dollar the yen the euro etc um so that's a huge piece too um now of course i think a lot of people's next question once you know there's all these major corporations involved is like okay cool this sounds like this is for the betterment of the people um why are these other companies Putting $10 million in just to be a part of this cool group. Is it just to be part of the cool group? Is there something more? There's definitely something more. Um, another thing I would love to go into um, in a future podcast is Robinhood. So Robinhood is the trading app that I use. They have a similar concept as far as the fees go, so they have no fees. Um, but What Libra's doing and what Robinhood has already shown works really well is instead of charging people fees for transactions, when you put, let's say you put $10 in to get 10 Libras, there is a point in time where those $10 are sitting with Facebook or in Libra, right? They have your money. You haven't spent your money. That time frame between when you put your money in and when you spend it on Libra it could be really short. It could be, you know, you could forget about it, right? And the $10 is always there or somewhere in between, most likely. These companies, though, will take the money that you invest and they will make interest on it. So part of, part of Robinhood and Libra will be all the money coming in until it's spent. They will be able to sit on cash and make interest. Now, whether they're investing that money, putting it into you know safer things like bonds, doesn't really matter um, as far as where they're com- where the interest is coming from. But that is how they will, in theory, be getting paid. Is they will be making interest, and that's part of the agreement of the Libra um, Association. So um, that is kind of how they plan to make their money. This, uh, as, of, as of now, the article says this should be available at some point next year in 2020. Um, like I mentioned before, this is a really complicated topic. I hope that was able to <clears throat> at least dumb down and explain some of that stuff um, in a manner that was helpful for all of you. Um, this is a good example of questions, questions, questions. Please write in the comments. Um DM me if you don't feel like writing the comment on the post. Um, I will say, though, if you comment on the post, it does help other people potentially see the same question that you asked. Um, so don't be afraid to do that, please. Uh, we can have a good dialogue here. I'd love to hear your thoughts on Libra. I think this is the first step into evolving fiat currency or you know old-school paper and cents. Um, That feels more stable to me than cryptocurrencies we've seen, such as Bitcoin and Ethereum. I'm personally very bullish on Ethereum and Bitcoin, not as a currency, but as a technology long-term. I think as you guys have already picked up, I'm big on innovation, um, and it's very interesting to me. Okay, that's Facebook and Libra. Big breaking news yesterday on that. Exciting. To stay in the same realm... Um, moving to Snapchat. So Snapchat yesterday um, had an enormous day uh, increase of 8.82% on the markets Tuesday. Um, most of that from the news I was able to find um, was driven by one analyst's opinion. Um, and he increased um, the, his guidance because of uh, news of Snapchat's new plans to monetize the platform further and drive larger user growth. I wanted to bring this up, um, number one, because I think it's it's interesting talking about Facebook and Snapchat in the same uh, podcast and YouTube video. And the reason for that is um, Snapchat had an opportunity to sell to Facebook back in the day, a few years ago. They got offered three billion dollars for Snapchat. Everyone thought that was an in, an incredible deal. Snapchat basically gave them the big middle finger and said, "No way, we're not taking three billion dollars. This can be way bigger." Um, shortly after, a little over so a little over a, year, a little over a year ago from today, Snapchat went public. So they said, "No, we can do more." Facebook took that as a slap in the face. Facebook um, decided to launch Instagram Stories, as many of you remember. So when Snapchat and Instagram story, Snapchat went public, sorry, and Instagram Stories went live. Uh, I think a lot of people. I remember that first day that Instagram Stories went live. Uh, people were like, "Whoa, holy shit!" Um, Instagram just stole Snapchat uh, for free, right? Because They didn't end up buying Snapchat. So the reason I bring this up is, one, Snapchat has been down drastically since they went through their IPO. I think a lot of people in the markets and as investors believe that, um, as you can see from their financials, that like Snapchat is not growing as fast as Instagram. Um, Their users are declining um, in some quarters. Uh, It's getting harder and harder to monetize when you have – fewer people on the platform especially snapchat whose users user base is a little younger than even instagram's um and i also wanted to explain how ipos we'll go into a deep dive on like how to invest in ipos in a future episode but i think um i just wanted to share my story i i was super bullish on Snapchat when it went um, public. It was one of the first IPOs I ever invested in. So day one um, that's public, you have the opportunity to invest. I did. Um, That was right when Instagram stories just kicked off. I thought like, nah, people are going to, you know, people might jump over to Instagram stories, but Snapchat is where it's at. Um, But it's a good example to show um, how innovation, especially in the tech industry, um, it's all about eyes on the platform. Uh, I got burnt. The the stock price collapsed shortly after their IPO. Um, and it's taken them over a year to try and slowly but surely, uh, you know, cruise back to where they, where they started from. Um, it's a good example though, of what IPOs can do. Right. So, I was always under the belief that like, you know, you get in day one of an IPO, you're golden, you're set. Um, And that's before I even, and that's, you know, that was my knowledge before I jumped into IPOs for the first time. In reality, IPO days can be extremely volatile. Some companies like last week, Chewy, you know, launch, everyone loved everything about Chewy at launch. Stock price popped. It was, it also depends on where they start, right? So as a, as an, as a company going public, Working with an investment bank, you kind of have some power there on like where you want your stock price to start. So that was reason number one. But then reason number two, um, the business has to make sense and it has to have a horizon that looks great for investors for it to be um, strong out the gates. So uh, anyway, just wanted to share that little story of something I have done wrong. I think on this channel, I don't want everything to seem like everything that I share or do is just good news um, or that it comes off that I know what I've ever, I know how to do everything. <laughs> um, I want, I want to share some of the stuff I've I've screwed up too. So anyway, Snapchat is an example of that. I would love to hear what you guys think. So um, part of, I, th- I would say a big majority of my audience from what I've seen so far definitely uses Snapchat and Instagram would love to know what you guys think of Snapchat um, you know, are they dead in the water with Instagram's Instagram, the King, um, do they have a chance to do some cool stuff? I think they have a lot of innovation in the pipeline that we've briefly heard about. So we'd love to hear what you guys think about Snapchat, what you think about the future comment below, tweet at me, DM me, um, or yeah, again, comment below. That's all I got today today. That was kind of a long one. So I hope that was interesting to all of you. Um, follow me on Instagram. You can find my Instagram, Simpli Finance, just like the podcast. S-I-M-P-L-I-F-I-N-A-N-C-E. So that's my handle on Instagram. Um, search, you can search Shane White or Simple Finance on YouTube. Uh, check us out. So thank you for listening. Um, I hope that everyone gained something out of today's podcast. Happy trading today. Hopefully we'll see the markets break their all-time highs today. That would be an exciting hump day um, in the middle of the week. So I will talk to you tomorrow and have a nice day.